Hey guys, this is Nikki Marina, comedy content creator, recording artist, and actor, and you are listening to Nick Talks. Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode of Nick Talks with Joe host Nikki Marina. Today's topic, today's title of this episode is Black Excellence is Exhausting. <laughs> And that sounds kind of like counterintuitive and kind of strange, especially, you know, coming from a black woman, coming from someone who is always, always trying to uplift, especially black women, the black community in general, but especially black women. And then especially, you know, black LGBTQ women, um, because that is the most unprotected class of citizens in this society. And so it does sound counterintuitive, I I imagine, to say that black excellence is exhausting. Um, But, I mean, hear me out, because uh, this is what this podcast is about, unpacking shit like this. And and we've seen, and we always run across these black excellence uh, posts all over social media, right? All over the news. You'll see like this black girl got like five scholarships to five Ivy League, you know, colleges. Um, you know, this boy like got, you know, um, is like the smartest, you know, the smartest kid in the world with the high IQ of X, Y, Z. These are all really just, these are all, by the way, like examples that I'm pseudo making up. These are based on things that I'm like bombarded with on social media all the time. And I'm sure you are too. Um, you know, there's just like, this girl is the first black girl to, you know, be captain of the cheer squad at her you know, whatever, or like this, um, this guy, this black boy is like the, at the very top of his class. He has like a 4.6, 5.0 GPA. And am I saying not to celebrate that? Of course not. However, the, the idea behind promoting black excellence so vehemently and so aggressively, believe it or not, has some really, really damaging effects. I've talked in the past about the pressure uh, put on me as a young child to be, like, exceptional. Um, The exceptional Negro, basically. And, like, every person of color, um, you know, as a black woman, as a black girl, as a Hispanic girl, my mom told me that, you know, you're going to have to work harder than everybody, around you to get the same results or even half the results. And you have to be ready for that. And, you know, and that's pretty universal. And that is completely, you know, I mean, that's a complete, you know, reality. Um, But I was one of those gifted children. Like I have a IQ of 140. I was three grades ahead at one point in schooling. I was like, there was just so much expected of me. My father, my black father, definitely latched on to that a lot and pushed me um, to be excellent uh, which sounds like a good thing, but to be excellent in absolutely everything. And when I fell short of excellence, 
I was treated like trash. I was treated like a failure. I never grew up with the idea of, hey, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. And it's okay to feel bad about these things, but you just pick yourself back up and you've got to just, you know, make yourself better and try again. Never got any of that. I grew up with this notion of feeling that if I wasn't exceptional all the fucking time, if I wasn't perfect, if I wasn't the first black woman in my school to do X, Y, Z and this, this and that, which I believe I was the first black girl or something to win um, like th- these certain three scholarships that they ans- they offered in the state of Texas. Um, I think the first woman of color from my high school to go to the Air Force Academy, I think. Um, you know, first member of uh, the Houston um, Houston Hispanic Forum from my school, like a lot <clears throat> does, you know, a lot of these things. Um, I was like at one point, like the number one cadet in my uh, level um, and Jay Rotzi in, in the entire city of Houston and all of these, like I enjoyed these successes. I really did. But being pushed to this, it it instilled something in me that made me feel that because of who I am and what I am, I have to be not only the best, but I have to be so exceptional because that is the only way that I am going to be worth anything because of the color of my skin and because of who I am. Um, You know, whenever there is an act of violence committed against a a black man, a black woman, and it ends up in the news, um, they always go to their background, right? And, and, you know, in the case of George Floyd, they focus so much on his criminal record um, <laughs> and, and completely distracting away from the fact like his criminal record was really nothing to that deserved fucking death. But this is brought up Every time there's an act of violence against a black person and even in the in the reverse, when there is an act of violence and the, you know, aggressor who usually happens to be white is found in fault, as in Central Park, Amy, um, they go into detail about the black person's, you know, background like this guy is a bird watcher and he does all of these wonderful humanitarian things it's like oh he's a good one so how dare she try to mess with him because he's one of the good black people um it's all like it's never really a tragedy it seems like very often it's not a tragedy unless that person who was persecuted had a very very exceptional background And there is a flawed, uh, that's a very flawed mindset um, that I think black, the idea of black excellence pushes that you have to be excellent. You have to be a superhero basically to earn life in abundance in the society, particularly in this country. Um, because, uh, you know, in like in the case of people that are, were killed, like George Floyd or whatever, they're like, well, he was a criminal. No, he deserved it. Um, you know, and um, and there's and, and it's and it, and it kind of carries this tone of like 
and we all, and I feel like we all feel it walking through the world as black people. There's almost an air of, if you are going to dare to exist in this world, in this society, you better be contributing to it or else you are, or else you are trash, you're ghetto trash who is not worth saving, who is not worth life and anything bad that you get coming to you, you deserve it. And don't you dare even do, and if you're going to be useless, you know, and not exceptional and not like the first black astronaut to land on Venus or something like that, don't you dare like commit any type of minuscule crime, like, oh, counterfeit bills past, like, you know, distributing counterfeit bills. When I literally know of, you know, men, (laughs) Air Force officers who have been caught drunk driving, the police pull them over, know that they're drunk and are just like, well, just get home safe. Um, We are not capable of having that privilege. And so this pressure to be excellent, it carries this tone of like, if you are not excellent, if you are not the next black Einstein, Oprah, Serena or Venus Williams, um, you know, like a star, like if you are not like this walking beacon of excellence, then you inherently don't have a right to life and anything that happens to you you deserved it because how dare you exist as a black person in this society and not contribute something because if you're not, then you're worthless and whatever happens to you, whatever. Um, I found that veterans definitely fall under this umbrella. Um, you know, I've done, you know, stand up shows and stuff up here and, uh, and I'll, and I'll start off with some racial humor at times. Um, quite often and a lot of the white people in the room some of especially like the older ones will be like pretty uptight about it and 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 it like not feeling it and feel really like you know oh how dare she but then the moment that i but in the moment that i mentioned like okay so like i'm a veteran i served in the air force all of a sudden that very same population of people that very same group of people that were looking at me a certain way all of a sudden like are in roaring applause like yeah all right blah 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 it's like yeah well we didn't care what the fuck you had to say before before you were just some annoying nigga in front of me telling me these things that i don't want to hear but now that you i know that you're a veteran veteran now you carry some weight that is a i have found that that is another categorization of an exceptional negro and it's like you know you should be grateful basically as a black person that you are even in this country and you should like give your life um by putting on the uniform and and sacrificing everything and that makes you one of the good ones like that makes you uh, one that's worth it you know what I mean? Like there's, you know, there are so many stories about, you know, black men or black people who um, who have been, you know, racially profiled um, only to flash their badge um, showing that they're, you know, FBI, military, police. And all of a sudden people all of a sudden they back off and all, all of a sudden there's no problem. I mean, I myself, I was pulled over once in Grand Forks in North Dakota. I was driving a friend home who had drank a little, a little bit and I was driving him home and I got pulled over by this police officer 
And I was terrified. Um, but he said that I had run over the median and I knew for sure that I fucking had not. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I've literally been driving like a normal fucking being this entire time. And he asked me if I drank, and I'm like, um, no, but my friend has, and I'm driving him home. And so he asked for my license and registration, and, you know, rather gruffly, and I gave it to him. Um, and my friend who was sitting in the passenger seat, a white male, um, was looking at everything going down, and he was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like... And this friend, by the way, he was not drunk, like intoxicated out of his mind, just tipsy to the point that he was not safe to drive, but he was still coherent. And so he's witnessing this and he's like, are you shitting me? And then what happened after that is that the police officer came to my window and um, saw because he had uh, my insurance card. And the thing is, my auto insurance is USAA. And USAA is the bank that deals with veterans. And I believe that they service, um, you know, second generation uh, relatives of veterans. So down to their grandchildren. Um, and those are the those are literally the only people that can have a USAA uh, card. So if you have a USAA, it, you know, most likely you are military or a veteran. And so he came to my window and he said, are you military? Uh, I see you have USAA. And I said, um, yes, I am a, I'm a lieutenant in the United States Air Force. And there was a awkward pause and he gave me all of my stuff back and just said, have a nice night and left me alone. No warning, no more discourse about me supposedly running the media. And he just let me go. And Again, it carried an air of like, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to harass you. I didn't know that you were one of the good niggas. You know, like one of the grateful Negroes that, you know, do the right thing, which is to lay down your life, whatever, for this country and put on a uniform. Like, yeah, you're one of the good ones. Um, So that's why I say that, you know, being a veteran very often falls under that umbrella of exceptional negro and and my and i guess my whole main point of this thesis of like why this is terrible is that you shouldn't have to be exceptional to have a right to life like you should be able to be a completely normal even mediocre person without you know without fear that your life isn't valuable enough um, it's not a tragedy only if a black person dies and they were like some sort of fucking Superman in whatever they were doing in their life. It's still a tragedy even if a criminal is killed it, like wrongly. That's still a tragedy. That's still wrong. But like I said, this black, this pressure of black excellence, this pressure to be perfect that we put on ourselves, that I feel like a lot of parents put on us, um, it damages our psyche, basically, because it, you know, and I struggle with this too. It's like, if I'm not being exceptional, if I'm not like out there changing the world, then what's the point of me even being alive? you know, years of grooming like that really impacts me in that way. But like I said, overall, 
it's like you should not have to be exceptional for your life to matter, for your life to have meaning. You should be able to just live life la di da, however you however you want, and not be looked down upon because you are not like the first black person to discover vibranium or some shit. Like that is not fair. It is not that is not a requirement that is um, that is inflicted on white people. <laughs> um, and um and like i it is like i said it is very very is it's a very very harmful pressure to put on ourselves and to put on our youth um because the whole, the, the 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 point of this whole thing is like your life mat- matters inherently because you are alive because you were born you matter. You come with a certain set of unalienable rights, which is a sermon that the United States has been preaching since, you know what, the preamble, no, the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I believe so. Declaration, right? right? We hold these truths to be self and all men are created with certain unalienable rights. Uh, yeah, that's the, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the Declaration of Independence. So 1776. So since 1776, that is something that we've been preaching and not exactly, you know, holding ourselves to obviously um but that's just the thing right be just by being born your life has value no matter what your skin color is and it is and you know some people they are going to be like the first black astronaut to do xyz they are going to be that black person that gets a 5.0 gpa and is like a fucking monster at everything they do yeah there's a like there's a lot of us everywhere like like any child born has that potential you just never know you never know uh, it, it could they could be a beast in that way or they could be someone who just goes to trade school and has a nice normal life you know a nice average life with a family not in the public eye out of sight and that is completely okay because what's supposed to be the american dream right is that we get to choose what that means to us we get to choose what happiness means to us what life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and part of that pursuit of happiness is like you know deciding what that what happiness means to us but it seems like a lot of us, like as black children growing up, sometimes we don't have that luxury of f- clarifying what that pr- pursuit of happiness truly looks like for us because the pressure is put on very early to be excellent, to be a representative of the race as a whole. And that's not fair. It's... um it's not fair. There's many ways in which, you know, a lot of black youth are pressured to be representative representatives of the race at all times, um, which, you know, some are necessary for survival, but some it takes away your entire sense of an individuality. And that is sad. And I'm sorry, but you know what? To me, that comes first. Um you know, building self-sufficient, confident, emotionally he- emotionally healthy children, I think is the best thing you can do. One of the best things we can do for the community, for the culture. 
not requiring, not requiring them to be every single one of them to be Malcolm X's, Martin Luther King's. Like that is not fair because we all have a right to choose what happiness looks like to us and the perpetuation, the continuous, untiring, unrelenting, in your face, sometimes tacky on Instagram, um, pushing, like that relentless pushing and pressure of black excellence in our faces basically, like I said, carries that underlying assumption that unless I can find a way to be unbelievably out of this world excellent, then my life isn't worth anything. And and it's and and it's shown time and time again in the news when a black person is wrongfully killed. And the one of the first things that the news goes to is their background. And if there is any semblance of crime or just any sort of imperfections, no matter how minuscule it may be, like crimes that like so many people have committed with next to no fucking consequences, they always go back to the background. And no matter how small... No matter how small the problem, uh, and I'm and I'm talking about the ones that are just especially small. I'm not talking, you know, um, that's always used as justification for, see, they deserve to die. They weren't some exceptional Negro. They were, you know, he made counterfeit bills. That's definitely punishable by death, which is ridiculous, right? But. But when you are a black person, it's like any type of imperfection is cause for justifying um, violence against you or just your your worth in general. So I just I kind of want to leave with this message as (laughs) as a kid who grew up pressured so much by black excellence in so many ways, so many ways that it damaged me so much. And it's, and I'm still working and trying to come to grips with the fact that my life still matters, even though I'm not as exceptional as I thought I would be as in, you know, I'm a disabled veteran. I can't work right now. I have PTSD, you know, a lot of these things make me feel ashamed. It makes me feel like I'm not as capable as I was supposed to be. I'm not as resilient as I was supposed to be. Um, I, I want to, I just want to tell y'all something that I wish someone had told me. Um, you don't have to be that. You don't have to be black Superman or superwoman uh, to matter. Um, you are absolutely entitled to your own pursuit of happiness whatever that is um and if you are not able to become the best this or best that that's okay you don't matter any less and you are not a burden or a shame or a spot on our community you're not you're a person 
like before, you know, above all, before you are a citizen of this country, even before you are a member of our community, you are a person and you have the right to find happiness the way you define it. Um, you are not required to be Malcolm X all the fucking time. You're not. Um, so black excellence, cool, cool idea on the surface, but dig deeper and you'll see how it can really, um, can really put more undue pressure on top of all the other pressures that we're facing. And that's just not fair. So that's today's episode of Nick Talks. Pretty heavy, but it's been on my mind weighing and I just need to get it out. So um, I hope you liked this episode. Uh, please remember to follow me on all my other social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, all at Nikki Marina, N-I-C-Q-U-E-M-A-R-I-N-A. Um, and also my YouTube is Nikki Marina as well. N-I-C-Q-U-E space M-A-R-I-N-A. Um, so yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this uh, episode. If you have anything that you'd like me to talk about, uh, feel free to, you know, hit up my DMs or my fan mail, especially. That's fanmail.nikkimarina at gmail.com. Fanmail.nikkimarina at gmail.com. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you at the next episode. Bye. Hey guys, this is Nikki Marina. Thank you so much for listening to Nick Talks. If you like these free episodes, please go and become a vibranium level patron on Patreon so that you can have full access to all episodes of Nick Talks, including some really awesome exclusive interviews with some fellow uh, people in the anime community on TikTok and such. So go to patreon.com slash Nikki Marina to check out the vibranium tier so you can get access to all of those. But for now, enjoy these free episodes.